Hey everyone, Jason Averbrook. Thank you so much for joining the Now Work Podcast. The reviews, the likes, love, love, love seeing new subscribers, and thank you so much for taking the time. So, so lucky to have Tina Seashore, uh, VP of Total Rewards for Oshkosh Corporation on the podcast today. Tina and I have a great conversation about how they were ready, how they were ready for COVID-19 in Oshkosh Corporation when it comes to how they operate from an HR and people function standpoint. They had just finished an HR transformation, and I should say finished. They've gone through the process. Uh, they went live with some new technologies, Workday and ServiceNow, and they've truly used those tools to deploy things like communities, to use Workday to do things around the CARES Act and payroll credits. Their structure of HR was in the right place to be able to respond as quickly as they needed to be. And they really have gone through and adopted this mobile first mentality, which has helped them, a non-white collar organization, be ready for what it was. Tina and I have a great conversation about how it was is not how it will be ever again. How it was is not how it will be ever again. We talk about prioritization. We talk about how organizations have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. We talk about the new role of leadership. And finally, we get a great opportunity to talk to Tina about what gets her up every morning. What's her one more thing? And that's how to support people being everyday heroes in supporting us in wartime, in fire time, in everything that Oshkosh Corporation does and offers to the world. So great, great podcast. Love, love, love the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Reach out to Tina in the show notes. Her information's there. And once again, please share this with others um, as, you know, our goal is to educate the world on what the now of work truly is and hear that from practitioners, from consultants, from vendors, all of us together are writing the book. Enjoy the podcast. Have a good one. See you guys. Hey, Tina, how are you? I'm doing great, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining the Now Work podcast. Honored, humbled, all of those words to have you here. I'm joined by Tina Shore from Oshkosh, and Tina's the Vice President of Global Rewards. Um, and she'll talk a lot about what Global Rewards means. She does a lot, a lot more than Global Rewards um, throughout the session. But uh, honored to have you here and so happy to be here. Happy to be here too, Jason. And it sounds like you've got some kids in the background. I do. Three of them plus two dogs. They, they don't really understand quiet or that mom's on the phone, but I've learned to tune them out and, you know, every now and again, they show up on camera. They're cute. So I, I allow it here and there. We make it work. And that's, and that is the topic of our conversation that we're going to have right now, which is the new now of work. So uh, I'm glad to hear that in the background. <laughs> Thanks. So like, what do you, from an HR standpoint, what are you seeing the impact on, on HR? I mean, are you seeing that HR is acting differently or, you know, you're an organization that actually did a lot of digital transformation before this, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, how much, did, how much would you say that benefited you to do that? You know, what you've been doing for the last two to three years, you know, n- now when something like this happened. I, you know, we had a reflection moment where we said, had we not have gone through just our, our tech platform 
change in our HR transformation around our structure with global HR services and COEs and HR business partners, we said, I don't know how we would have done this as agilely and as fast as we delivered. And so a couple examples are, you know, we, we are global. So uh, just think about United States too, this unemployment process that's governed by the state rules. We have an HR services team that can mass load unemployment. We can answer questions. We can care for those things so that it isolates and elevates that business partner role to really think about workforce planning and, and capacity planning and the backlogs and team members who aren't coming to work. So we have just taken and lifted that off their plate because we have the capability and capacity to care for it and flex. We've done things like that. We turned on community in the service now for a social platform within about eight days. So people are sharing their stories and how they're working from home and uploading pictures and they're connecting with people in a way and getting quick tips and manager resource guides. I mean, so we turned that on. Uh, we're experiencing some furloughs. Just within Workday, we created a new absence plan so we could track our furloughs, so people could self-serve, so leaders could see their team member schedule so that they could thoughtfully plan. I mean, those are some detailed tech items. Yeah. But the fact that we're able to track the CARES Act and the payroll credits and all of the things that came at us, my, my peers, so our business partners had said, think heavens for our technology platform, mean Workday and ServiceNow, and thank heavens for our structure. Because without it, we would have fallen flat on our face. We would not have been as prepared. We would not have moved as quickly. Uh, you know, our team and the COEs was able to focus on FAQs that mattered to the team member and, and just cared for that collectively. We're very, very fortunate to be as harmonious of an HR team as we could be with that right flexibility in caring for differences and nuances uh, in allowing people to do their job. Uh, I, ca I can't tell you how, uh, how complimentary the HR business partner community has been, as well as our leadership saying HR is leading through this amazing. And we're so fortunate for the team and what the tools we have available to us. Yeah, I, mean, I see that. The massive benefits. Yeah, no, I mean, I see you guys as, a, a, you know, one of the leading examples of an organization who, you know, did the work at the right time, you know, sometimes better lucky than good, you know, but did the work at the right time so that when this hit, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm saying that, you know, there's a lot of organizations being digitally crushed right now, you know, and they're being digitally yeah. crushed because they don't, they, we don't have any to, I mean, you mentioned ServiceNow community, we'll forget ServiceNow, but you mentioned community. Like there's a lot of organizations that don't have the tools in place to put a community like that. Or there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that would have to customize the ability to add a plan or add a program, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, um, where you did it, you know, probably yourself within HR without a ton of help from IT or outside developers. And that's just a huge, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, you're right. I mean, that's what you were <laughs> shooting for all along, right? Well, the the ability to be self sufficient and and use our knowledge and the tools that we have and apply them in this very unique situation where there is no playbook, uh, 
that, I mean, the team came together and said, here's what we're caring for. And we just solved it. It was amazing for me in my seat to see the team deliver results like this that impacted the business. Uh, You know, new pay codes to track COVID-19 pay program we implemented to help people. It's uh, it was amazing, and I'm not surprised it happened. But to see it unfold was was great. I think it allowed the business to focus on what they were trying to do, which was keep people safe, still make product, and and deliver our commitment to our customers who need our product day in and day out. So, so you so uh, one of the things we're doing good. Yeah, it's fascinating. One of the things I hear all the time about tools like the community. Um, you know, and you've shared some, you know, like the social stories. I mean, we'll call it social, social stories and things like that, and stories of, you know, what people are going through. You know, and you're not the white collar organization. You know, I mean, you have your people are not desk people for the most part. I mean, did you find that they just gravitated towards that, or did you have to do a lot of work to get them to start to think about using those tools? So I think the benefit for us, and admittedly so, we we will always be pushing for adoption. And your know, office adopt quicker than production. But the fact that they understand the ecosystem we built for their support system, so many of them have the Workday app on their phone. Mobile first okay. is everything we deliver, right? They have the ServiceNow widget on their phone because they can see their cases that they that they call in about. So the work that so they were they already place, had the infra- they already had the infrastructure. They have the infrastructure. So you know, and the way they use it is different because you know our production team members aren't able to sit on their phones all day. They're making products. So we have kiosks and they use their phones and things like that. So for us to roll this out, I would say it was more natural because that that infrastructure was already in play. And we use the visual boards at the facilities to promote stuff. I mean, everything we're doing around well-being in our three pillars, you know, that we focus on. We believe that by working at Oshkosh, you become more well in the dimensions of emotional, physical, and financial. Everything we push out through service now. We use campaigns. We uh, have security built into it. So anyone can search on financial resources and it brings them right to all of the, the information. Uh, so I don't want to say that people were, you know, jumping on it, but they know that that's an available resource for, so for us to remind them where to get their information yeah. is, was the simple thing to do. And we do monitor how many hits and we're getting some good data and, and people are still going to use their business partner and they're going to call and they're going to use the the uh, knowledge base that we have through ServiceNow. So it it ended up working in our favor. And that those messages can be tailored for us globally. So if we're offering a emotional well-being, it's mental health awareness in May. We have tools that we can push out through My Oshkosh, which is our ServiceNow branded front portal, to our teams globally, so they can see it and have access to it. So. We always think that way and we just use our tools to communicate because that's what people have come to expect. Yeah, I mean, it makes the concept of adaptability much easier, right? As you have to, as you have to adapt. Um, so, you know, you know the, the reason that we started this podcast was kind of this, hey, we used to talk about future work 
you know, you guys did a lot of work around future of work and now all of a sudden it kind of hit us in the face. And here we are in the now of work where, you know, we're sitting at home, we're not in our offices. You know, people are forced <laughs> to work differently. You know, you've got headphones in your ears. I've got headphones in my ears, like a whole different, you know, whole different world. Um, so like what, you know, as someone who's a leader, you know, in the HR space, what do you see as, I mean, do you see this all going back to the way it was? You know, do you say, okay, guess what? Um, Wisconsin's reopening. And guess what? Everyone's going to go back <laughs> to the way it was. Work's going to go back to the same way it was. People are not going to use video anymore. Um, people aren't going to use collaboration tools as much anymore. Like this is just a blip in time. Or do you actually think that work, that we, we, we will cross a frontier where we're writing our, our new book here on, on what the now of work looks like? I think this situation has changed the way that I think we're forever going to think about work. I do hear people say, I want to go back to how it was, but how it was is not what it will ever be again. So I see Oshkosh in its, again, global nature. When I think about the different groups of people, the, the folks that make our products, they, they're going to, I think, have a similar path. They're going to go in and, you know, make the, the same products that they do. But the things that we've done around social distancing and, and cleaning of the facility and that, I would say that heightened care, if I'm caring for myself, I'm protecting my teammates who are so important to me, I think it's forever changed for the better. And I think that's a positive thing. If I'm not feeling well, I'm probably more inclined not to come in anymore because I understand the impact that that can have or being more aware of who is uh, sick around me when I think about bringing that into the workforce. So Oshkosh and its people for culture, one of the positive things we have is I have a genuine care for the people I work next to every day. We don't have to teach that. That's rooted in our DNA. It's who we are. And we're thankful. So I think those things are going to be forever present. And we're going to have to uh, think about the way that we deliver products. And a really neat example is Pierce fire trucks. When our customers accept their fire truck as full and complete, they come and inspect it. There's a whole cultural process of I'm the chief and I bring my firefighters. And a champagne and bottle? Or, or do, you not, do you not bring champagne bottles? I, I can just imagine <laughs> yeah, a champagne bottle. I don't think they bring champagne bottles, but they've had to develop a virtual way to do that, right? And that's not all fully being embraced, but when we think about recognizing revenue and getting that product. So I think there are things like that, that because our customers may have concerned about, concerns about travel or maybe budget, how do yeah. we do this differently? So I think we put some of those tools in place that I see even in the manufacturing. When I think about the, the office, I think, people have found a way to be efficient. And I think they're going to be pushing on the business and their leaders to say, I don't need to come to a building five days a week. I, you know what? I, I just had a team member. I'm going to move to Texas. I met my fiance and I'm moving there and I think I can do my job from there. And we said, you absolutely can't. We're keeping you. We're not losing you because you're physically moving to another state. I think that for our organization, our eyes need to be open to that. And we've already made steps to think about we need talent from everywhere so it doesn't matter where they sit we have to figure out how to bring them into our culture and what that looks like so I think that is for this has forever changed our opinion and I think it's 
we're going to be better because it's given us a time to test it and to feel what it looks like and go, this isn't so bad. Right. And we need to be flexible and we'll, we'll figure it out uh, no matter what, because ultimately we want the best people in the role that help our organization be the best. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I don't see, so I don't see it going back to normal. No, your quote on how it was is not how it will be ever again. You know, that's a, uh, you know, it's a strong, strong statement. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I personally agree with you. There will be parts of it that will be. You know, there will be parts of it that won't be. And actually, I see it as a good thing. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that as we write the new book together, there's a bunch of stuff that we did in the past that we probably don't want to do. Uh, you know, we're having conversations about, hey, should we do once a year performance anymore? You know, it doesn't make sense to do that. Like, maybe this is the time to change it. You know, and I know you as a comp person are like, well, what about the ratings, you know, and all of this other stuff, you know, and, you know, the once a year engagement survey. I was on the phone with someone from India last week and they're like, should we launch this? now?" I'm like, no, like it, you don't want once a year anymore. Like you want to listen mm -hmm. to people, you know, frequently. So I think a lot yeah. of that old stuff is probably going to go away and like this will be the moment in time where it doesn't come back. Well, I agree. I think about the pandemic planning and if you think about the technicality of my position and I just sometimes focus on benefits, we had to push on our summary plan descriptions and understand ERISA better than ever before and IRS and say where do we have flexibility to deliver you result in a unique situation because there is nothing else out there like this. There is nothing for me to read and say, okay, A plus B equals C now. It, there is none of that. And what it challenged us to do is say, what is the right thing to do for our people? Yep. And how that decision, how does that impact everything else that we've ever done being eyes wide open and making, making a gut decision on what's right for our folks and our family and their families. So uh, we've been challenged with that, and I have seen the HR organization rise above that. Uh, we have collective bargaining agreements. We're being flexible with those, uh, all with the spirit of caring for our people. And, and I'm just, I'm so impressed with the people I get to work with every day. So how do you, one of the questions that, you know, that I'm getting bombarded with or that we're getting bombarded with, as you can imagine, is what's next? Um, you know, and if you've listened to any other podcasts, I always share the story about in St. Paul, Minnesota, my grandpa used to take me to uh, watch the train go by every day. And, uh, you know, at five years old or so, I'd watch the train and I'd always be curious as what was on the other side. And it was the same thing on the other side all the time. But I'd always be so excited when the caboose went by, you know, I'd be like, oh, what's going to be there? What's going to be there? And I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, at that time, it was always exciting. You know, now the train's going by. And, you know, we don't know exactly what's on the other side. Every day we maybe get a little better picture of what it might look like. But have you, people ask me all the time, sorry, long-winded way, how do you adapt? Like, how do you change your roadmaps? How do you change your priorities? How, you know, when you went into 2020, I assume what you're going to do for the rest of 2020 isn't what you planned at the beginning of 2020. Like, how do you change? Because a lot of people have trouble with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and again, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I feel fortunate because of Oshkosh and our people first culture and HR enabling that. We're very fortunate with that North Star of being that destination employer. But our CEO will say to us often, and, and I think this applies now, is 
get used to it. What is he? I want to say this perfectly. So hold on. Um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is, and we think about that from a leadership perspective. Uh, we're cha- we've completely overhauled our performance management system. We don't even call it that anymore. We call it frequent meaningful conversations. And, you know, about leading through empathy and helping establish trust and that um, psychological safety. And you did, that, you, did that, so you did that before this, right? That wasn't part of... We, we, we were doing that before this. But interestingly, we've had to, um, we have learning labs around that. Now, I mean, we're doing binge learning labs virtually, where it's like, you want to binge on how to, all the core values you need to have a frequent, meaningful conversation, come watch. Okay. So that's been awesome to see that. Um, so why I say that is that be comfortable being uncomfortable is that we we need to think about what are the biggest priorities now. So whatever we set forth is not going to be what's the priority anymore. Some of it is going to stand up. We've already done fiscal 21 planning for HR and our roadmap and being thoughtful about, are these things still important? I think it's learning to let go of things that shouldn't show up anymore because optically they don't make sense with what's going on. Uh, We, it's not the area of focus for our business right now and how we support them. And we just continually talk about, does this make sense? But we have uh, campaigns that go out, right, from all of our vendors. We have communication that constantly goes out. We've had to stop that and say, does this still make sense? We've put a lot of stuff on hold or we've reframed it to be appropriate. Yep. Just one second. No problem. Sorry, one child a, that just okay. popped in. As you're recording me, I apologize for that. It's the reality. Yeah, it's all of good. Today. It's the real. It's the yeah. It's the now <laughs> work, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, and I think it's our organization is just constantly saying, "What is the right thing for now, and how do we be planful for the foreseeable future?" It isn't anything specific that we're doing or rewriting roadmaps. We're just asking ourselves, "Is this the right thing for our organization?" Do we push out mid-years? Well, that was supposed to happen. We, we actually paused on that and said, what does mid-year look like now? Yeah. Well, we want people still to have a frequent, meaningful conversation. So how do we simplify it? How do we get to the point? So we delayed it. We're going to do some things this month because we want people touching base to right size on, hey, how are things going? What, you should yeah. be doing that anyways. But what should we be working on now? What do you think? How does this change? Is this still meaningful? Should, so we're we're constantly adjusting to what we set forth and what we still think is important. And we still are anchored to our, you know, really our three pillars around well-being, talent and um, talent learning, as well as uh, just kind of our DNI focus and, and making sure that we're doing everything that we can. I mean, we, we don't lose sight of that. We're just altering maybe the messages or, stopping starting some things that make that makes sense to us so how are you uh, another question that comes up all the time that you know your insight would be so important on is and don't laugh at me but you know have you written the book on reopening um you know how how are you going to reopen oshkosh um you know after yeah. people have been have been away and how are you making decisions on who can work remotely and who can't and how are you making decisions yeah. on you know 
are, are there enough parking spots for people to be away from each other? And what if people aren't comfortable coming back to work? What are you going to do yeah. for them? Like, can you just share any tips for, I mean, without going into your whole Bible, can you share any tips on, you know, how you've gotten to at least start to think about that? Oh, absolutely. I actually have a leader guide that, that we built as a team into our re-entry into the building and all of our business units are starting that already. And we have done some, you know, I don't want to say they're like awesome, super cool, unique things, but I think they're just the Oshkosh way. And first and foremost is we brought all of our VPs and hire together and we talked about why we want to return to work. Uh, we've given them tidbits on leading with empathy. We think that's most important and, and talking points and FAQs that we know that their team members are going to um, be faced with. We've cared for facilities and, and um, stations where you can get hand sanitizer and put in protocols for meeting structure and how you can sit. We measured six feet distance for all of our workstations because the global headquarters is open. Yeah. I, I don't think you've been in there yet, but it's an open office environment. Um, so we're prepping that way, you know, leader led. Uh, we've got a lot of FAQs around. What if I have an underlying medical condition or I'm scared or I like working remote? Uh, we've got, you know, talking points to how to care for that. But the most important thing is empathy and flexibility. And that has to be cared for in the short run, and it may turn into the long run. And we are challenging our leaders and asking for HR to support them through these unique situations to, to help make the best thing. Ultimately, we want to retain our talent. We need to be efficient, productive, collaborative, and all, all that that exists. We've been proven to do it right now. I would argue some people say they're less efficient based on the type of work. Yeah. Um, so we've prioritized this phase back to say, if, if you meet this criteria, you're going to be in phase one. Uh, if you don't, we're going to bring you back and it, we're doing a 50% rotation where you're week on a week off. And we're going to do that throughout the building. And we've, you know, we've cared for uh, centralized waste and recycle and coffee and water and to make it safe. We're bringing leaders back first, which is why I was in the building yesterday to show and lead uh, establishing that trust, that yep. it's safe for me. And we're all gonna be there, we're gonna work and we're gonna try it out. And uh, so you can feel safe coming back in the building. Interestingly, when I told my team I was coming back, not shocking, because this is my group, they said, well, I wanna come. Right? Oh, because okay. I'm there, they wanna be there, right? So. <laughs> We have some of that going on too to balance like that need. Yeah. I want to be back. I, I like my I like my team. My work family is so important to my emotional and mental well being, and I think that's the special thing about Ashkosh. And it, it's also been the hardest thing to care for is keeping people that that emotional well being high. But I mean, so I think it shows the importance a, of values and culture, right? I mean, the fact that people feel that way. I mean, it, you know, sometimes values and culture are this intangible thing. You know, but it really shows up in moments like this, right? Yeah, you bet, you bet. I mean, we even in our operations, we have staggered breaks and staggered lunches so that people can sit far enough apart. And we've instilled trust in our production team members that 
the way that we clean the building, the way that we've set up entry and exit is more safe. Uh, if someone becomes ill or co we've had six people at Oshkosh Corporation test positive for COVID-19. All are well and recovered, but we have a protocol. What happens? You know, how do we trace back who they had close contact with? How do we make sure that those people are being notified in a way that's thoughtful and that they quarantine and that our building is back up and running but cleaned? So we have a lot of protocols that we put in place if something were to happen, large scale or individual scale. And, and again, it's instilling trust back in our people that our buildings are safe, that we are better together. And we do value that collaboration, but we know it's not a one size fits all approach. So we've, we've got to be patient and flexible. And um, I, I think we're going to figure it out. And we're going to have some people that no longer come into the building. And I think we're going to eventually be okay with that in the long term. Yeah. And one of the things I talk about a lot is that there's this unlearning that's required, especially in you know yeah. larger organizations. Is how do we unlearn some of our past behaviors and even some of our past expectations? And I think that's a I think that'll be a challenge. But when you think about you know what you you know where you're at today, were there any glaring holes where you're like, wow, I wish we would have done that, or I wish we would have had a piece of technology to do this, or I wish we would have had a service ready to do this, or Things like that, yeah. <laughs> because a lot of your a lot of your peers are like, "Wow, we just." I mean, I mean, I was on the phone with someone this morning that said COVID nineteen just shined a flashlight or a spotlight on all of these areas that we've been ignoring um, or kicking the can on. Is there anything like that? I mean, I know you guys just went through a transformation, but we did. You know, so when I think about holistically, we have you know business continuity plans and safety protocols and procedures for our facilities. So when we had to go and get special or hire cleaning people to do this special deep clean. I mean, that was turned on like this just because we have the resources and the protocols in place for that. Yeah. Uh, from a, from a technology standpoint, the, the one thing, and we don't, we have a solution, but it's not viable is we're requiring every time someone comes into the building now to self identify, meaning, do I have any symptoms? Have I had a fever? Yep. I checked my fever. What was it? Uh, we looked at Workday and ServiceNow for um, functionality for that. And it, it, ServiceNow is quickly, and this is no ding on them. They just don't have it available. And Workday, we used the survey functionality. We built out something in a matter of two days that would meet basic requirements. But the one thing that they needed to do is show a guard or a security within six feet like a positive that I yep. could come into the building safely with a date stamp. So we ended up having to go outside and buy, work with an app company that was already on the market. Okay. And that was a bummer because we, we were pushing for workday. Um, and I, I, who knows if they'll develop functionality yep. like this. It's just, it, the tool's not built for that, but that was one thing that we just didn't have anything and we knew we were going to have to have people verify the, the health. And we got through HIPAA and ADA and all that stuff because of pandemic. And that was also to make sure that people knew that when people entered our building, visitors, contractors, team members, that they were safely entering from a health perspective. So that was one thing that we struggled with. And uh, we couldn't get our, our technology platforms to deliver. 
And the with if Workday would have been the thing that would have driven adoption, so there yeah. was incremental value, which I had to let go of, but I it, it just it couldn't meet the requirements, font size and all of that from a safety perspective to deliver. And and so that was one thing that uh, we we uh, we weren't able to deliver as fast as we would have liked. Uh, so that that was one of those things that was just something we needed and we knew we needed it to re-enter and we couldn't deliver. Um, so, and I don't know how anybody no. else is doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things, well, make sure people reach out to you if we are contacted for the show notes. But <laughs> like, if that's, you know, compared to others, like just listening to you talk, like you're in a thousand percent better shape than, than most organizations, if that's the thing that you lean on that, you know, yeah. that, was, that was spotlight. And you have to remember, we're four segments with corporate being the fifth. Yeah, and and we have to overlay uh, consistency with flexibility all day long. So we have constant communication, whether it be internal communication, external communication, what we're doing for team members and who are similarly situated. So we, we're driving that that constant connection and being okay with the differences and coming to an agreement and being flexible so that we can meet kind of that harmonious decision. Uh, we've got that built into the way we operate today, which I think we're thankful for. We don't perfectly execute it on it. And we do have that, we trip over one another, especially when we're geographically close. If someone sends out some communication, but this group didn't get it, why we didn't get it, that would be my other area of, of internal comms. I don't care who, who you are. You're yeah. always going to struggle with that. But I think the one thing we did is we built a cadence and a structure for us to bring ideas forth so we can share. And one other cool thing, Jason, I want to mention, because I'm so proud of this, is we built this idea generation site. I, I think you know we do um, continuous improvement events where we recognize yeah. people's efforts and they get to donate to their charity. So in lieu of that, because that got delayed, we built this website within our internal structure where people could give ideas. I mean, we're using 3D printers for some pretty cool things. Uh, people are doing community drives for food banks. So all these ideas from people's brains are coming into this um, central repository and we're putting these ideas to action. So that's, that's something pretty cool. And that's Oshkosh. No, I mean, that's, you know, the, that, that's the, the, here's the yeah. call. Yeah, well, I mean, Here's and you're writing, action. Yeah, you're writing the book together. You know, you're writing the book of the mm -hmm. now and work together, which is, uh, you know. Right. Right. So, hey, two more things. I just want to make sure I throw out there um, that I throw out in the arena. So, I mean, you've done an amazing job. I mean, you guys are probably one of the leaders in digital transformation of the HR function, you know, and most of that's because of you. Thanks. Um, Thank so you. How so, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach you? Just on LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn is good. Uh, certainly my email address, tcshore at oshkoshcorp.com, is a good way, too. I'm always happy to share and get people in touch with others that we've had success with. Yeah, no, that's great. And then one more thing, and we'll make sure we put that, those addresses in the uh, show notes. Um, so I always end every podcast. I don't even know if you listen to my podcast, but I always end every podcast with what I call OMT, which is one more thing. And the, the OMT is the, the, what's the one thing that makes you get out of bed in the morning excited to do your job? 
Um, so, you know, you and I text a lot, you know, just to kind of do the check-in and how are you doing and things like that. Um, but you're always positive. Uh, and one of the things I've kind of committed to as part of doing these podcasts is learning from people what keeps them positive and what keeps them driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a way to share that with the community, I'd love to hear what keeps you positive yeah. and driven every day. Well, I think first and foremost, being in this quarantine, it I've gotten to reflect that I that I know I've chosen the right career path. And just my my passion for for people and making a difference in an organization through leadership. So, I mean that that has been one thing that I've learned. That's awesome. I've, it's a I've great said, self realization. I've picked I picked the right job. Just being able to navigate this and help people through this, it's it's something that I like to do, but you, you find that you're good at it and you're like, wow, we're making a difference. But what, what makes me motivated day in and day out is making certain that our people are cared for so that they can do their job to support that everyday hero that uses our product. I mean, so anything that I can do to make their jobs easier, make them feel more well, make them feel uh, excited about working for an organization. That's why I do it. It's, it's those team members and those moments that matter to them, that I'm there, my team is there, and that we build programs to care for them. And that's, that's what it's about, because the job they do on the front line every day, protecting our warfighter, warfighter our firefighter, people who clean up our cities and, and build awesome uh, things, uh, it's, it's so cool what our products do and just protecting our, our team members so that they can do their jobs the best. That's why I do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, like I said, people love hearing what drives individuals and I hope that people get a chance to learn, um, you know, from those things as well. So, um, Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Love it. Um, You're welcome. Honored, humbled, all of those words. Um, no, seriously, to get your time at a time like this, this is so great. And for you to give back to the community like this, um, it, it means a lot. So thanks so much. And I hope that sometime soon we get a chance to get together live to, uh, to have a beer. Yeah, or our uh, Tito seltzer. <laughs> oh, you remember my drink. How nice, Tina. Yes, exactly. That's my drink. I can't forget it because it's my drink. Well, you know, I can't say no to you. I never would. And I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to share the story anytime. And I love just chatting with you. So. Yeah, no, it's great. Easy. Yeah, thank you so much.